0: Welcome to TR Talks, where your host, Team Rajpal, talks everything Toronto and GTA real estate, from buying, selling, leasing, investing, and rental management. An unfiltered conversation with industry experts helping you stay up to date with the market. Hi, this is Rajiv from Team Rajpal.
1: And here with you is
0: Xerxes from Team Rajpal. Absolutely, and we are very excited to bring a a very important guest for the industry. His name is Evan Shapiro from Shapiro Real Estate and Business Lawyers. Their firm specializes in real estate, including residential and commercial, for purchase, sale, and mortgage transactions, as well as business law. Evan has been practicing law for over 10 years. Let's bring on
1: Evan. I'm really excited to have Evan on today. Hi, Evan. How are you?
2: I'm good, gentlemen. How are you?
0: We are great. Excited to have you with us.
2: Absolutely.
0: Excited to be here. So, Evan, we would like to um, have you answer a couple of things so that our listeners have some clarity because there's so many news and so many things happen and everybody gets confused uh, with so much of media and people talk different things. So we thought, you know, you would be the best person to reach out to. Let's talk about, because I also received in in my mail uh, about the vacant home tax from the city of Toronto. Can you help us understand what it's all about?
2: I'd be happy to. So as of January 1st, 2023, there is a new tax in the municipality of the city of Toronto called the vacant home tax. And the purpose of the tax is to make sure people are using properties for the purpose of living in them rather than keeping them vacant and empty. That's the aim of the tax. So the city of Toronto is going to tax property owners 1% of the current value assessment if the property remains vacant. 1%? Wow. 1%, which could be quite substantial and this is an annual tax. So each year that the property remains vacant, there will be a 1%
0: tax. So if you can help me understand. So let's say the property was vacant for six months and used for another six months. Uh, Will the owner be taxed for the six months period or for the whole year?
2: That's a great question. For the purpose of the tax, as long as the property has been occupied for six months or more, there will be no tax. And I'd also like to clarify that the property needs to be occupied either by the owner By one of their relations, such as a parent or child, some family member of theirs, or even a tenant. If you have a tenant in the property, that is permissible. But if the property remains vacant for six months or more, then the tax will be applicable.
0: Wow. Now before we go to the next question i because you emphasized and i saw the letter also it's city of toronto so city of toronto not york region not durham not peel they can all they are exempted as as of today
2: that's correct the tax currently applies uh, just to the city of toronto and the gta it's possible other municipalities may follow but right now just the city of toronto
1: So uh, Evan, the other question that comes into play when we say just Toronto is uh, being in a situation where you are an Airbnb owner. I know that there's quite a few people uh, who rent their condos or houses and they put them on Airbnb. And most of them, the density is the highest in Toronto with the number of people who do that. Can you give us a little bit of insight into that?
2: My pleasure. Another good question. And I'm pausing on how to respond because this is a brand new tax. And we haven't seen decisions be made on matters such as short term rentals. But what I'm inclined to say is this. If someone is residing in the property, whether the owner, one of their family members or a tenant for six months or more, even if uh there's the occasional airbnb i don't think it's an issue if however the owner uses the property solely for airbnb there very well may be an issue
1: okay so good to know and uh, what we can do is keep our eyes out for any precedent that's set over the next couple of months with the
0: city and and, um, and also I want to say is that, I mean, we appreciate that, you know, we do get some emails from your office uh, as some new changes come in. So, you know, thank you for sending those um, insight to us. My next question would be with regards to vacant tax is, you know, people have, and I've done for my home many years ago, is renovations. So renovations... Cannot be done overnight. It can it does take about a few months, few weeks, sometime labor issue as well, or supply issue. So homes can be vacant for over six months. How do we handle that situation?
2: Built into the new tax, there are a number of exemptions applying to a number of scenarios that could apply, that could render the property vacant, but where the city has deemed it to be unfair to tax in these scenarios. So I'm going to give you a few examples. Rajiv, you're correct to mention where there's repairs or renovations, although there is a test to be met, and that test would include that the repairs and renovations are of the kind where ordinary occupation is prevented. So to that end, I would say you can't argue over a minor renovation that you couldn't live there, you'd likely have to tough it out. Uh, There has to be permits issued by the city for the repairs and renovations. And ultimately, it's up to the city to have the opinion that the renovations are being carried out without unnecessary delays. So you can't just get a permit, sit on it, do nothing and use this as an exception to get out of the tax. There are other exemptions, so repairs and renovations are just one example. Other exemptions would include the death of an owner. Where the owner is put in a care facility for at least six months, such as a retirement home. Uh, And that exemption can be claimed up to two consecutive tax years. In our line of work, one of the more common exemptions that we'll see is where there's a transfer of legal ownership in the year of closing. And where occupancy uh, is affected because of full time employment, if someone's employment takes them out of Mm -hmm. the city of Toronto for more than six months. And actually, I apologize, one other exemption, which would be a court order.
1: Okay, that's that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for letting us know what those exemptions are. I'm sure we're going to get more insight as we go on in the next couple of months and years to see what sort of precedents are set and what decisions the city makes and to see if this expands to other exemptions as well.
2: I'd like to raise one other important consideration. Rajiv, when you started the conversation, you mentioned you got something in the mail which is a notice from the city to go to their website to submit a declaration online. Yep. And all property owners in the city of Toronto are required to fill out this declaration. The deadline to do so is February 2nd of this year.
1: Yes. The and- declaration. Sorry, Evan, I'm going to interrupt you right now. Uh, I I had the same situation happen with uh, my condo investment as well. And uh, the interesting piece that came up was one of my properties being a new property. I had not received a tax form. Uh, They had not submitted me a final tax bill. So I did not have a customer number from MPAC. And uh, just for our listeners out there, if your property, if you have a property, uh, it's important for you to reach out to the city of Toronto, you can reach out to their property tax department, and get your customer number as well as your impact number, so that you can go on the website to make the declaration. It's very important. I did speak to the officer on the line. And he said whether or not you have received a tax bill for your property, it is imperative as long as ownership has transferred to your name so your occupancy period is over and your a final closing has occurred, you do make the declaration prior to February 1st.
0: Oh, well, interesting. Well, more information, more knowledge <laughs> uh, gaining happening uh, during these Q&A. So I think this is good. good insight.
2: I'd like to add just a few more things. With the declaration, if you do not file it by the deadline, the city will deem the property to be vacant and that the tax applies. So there is a big consequence if you fail to file the declaration (laughs) on time.
0: How the government handles and twists turns everybody's arms. (laughs) So if you own property in the city of
2: Toronto, you have to be very aware and sensitive to this issue. Yes. I'd also like to clarify one of my last points about Airbnb, because I'm looking at the rules related to occupancy for the tax and where the property is tenanted, you must have a written tenancy agreement for a term of at least 30 days. Now, the property can be occupied by one or more tenants in the six months or throughout the year, but you must have that lease of at least 30 days. So going back to that question about Airbnb, if you're renting out the property for a short period of time, less than 30 days, that is not going to apply.
0: Okay, thank you. That was great. And um, Evan, another thing is, There are snowbirds in in Canada. So people do travel overseas, like to south of the border for six months, and their home is going to be vacant here at that time. How that can work? Is uh, is there protection for them, an exemption?
2: That's a great question. Um, Aside from hoping for a reasonably mild winter where you're out of the country less than six months, (laughs) I'm not sure what else to add because right now I do not see an exemption Mm -hmm. for such an arrangement. And if I go back uh, actually to the the occupancy requirements on the City of Toronto website, it actually mentions an example of a snowbird. And it says you have to live there as your principal residence for at least six months, and this includes snowbirds. So if you are planning to spend time out of the country and to go south and enjoy some nice weather, you have to be aware of that requirement, the six-month occupancy requirement.
1: And so Evan, um, a quick question here, because I know with some of the rules with certain levels of government, it has got uh, it's not something to do with the 12-month calendar period, but a rolling 12 months. Uh, does that apply in this scenario as well?
2: My understanding is it's based on the calendar period, January 1st to December 31st.
1: Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for covering this topic with us. Uh, The next topic we had was regarding the foreign buyer ban. I know in Canada, this is a federal level ban that has been put in for the next two years. Can you please give us your insight into this ban and who it applies to?
2: So this ban was announced many months ago. However, the actual publication of the ban and the regulations related to it have just come out recently. There was a lot of uncertainty within the legal and real estate uh, industry about how it would apply. And I have to say it's pretty broad in its scope. So as of January 1st, 2023, there's a two year federal ban. So not just Toronto or Ontario, but across Canada on the purchase of residential real estate by individuals who are not Canadian citizens or residents. This ban not only includes individuals, but it would also include corporations that are incorporated elsewhere. Or even Ontario corporations, if they're controlling shareholders, are non-residents.
0: Wow, that's a very interesting um, topic. Another one. Wow.
2: It will have
0: a, a wide-ranging
2: effect on the ability of individuals to buy real estate in Canada.
1: Evan, have they uh, defined over there... Who is considered a foreign buyer in that in that uh, in that topic? Because I know at different levels of government, again, they define foreign buyers differently. Um, so, for example, if someone who is um, a Canadian citizen but is a non-resident, are they considered a foreign buyer? Is someone who is here in Canada? and is working here, filing taxes here, living here for more than 183 days of the year, and, but is here on a work permit, are they considered a foreign buyer? These are questions that a lot of our, our listeners have reached out to us and asked. So is there any insight you have as to what they define as a foreign buyer?
2: So in the prohibition, it's actually referred to as a non-Canadian the prohibition applies to non-Canadians and non-Canadian means an individual who is neither a citizen nor a person registered under as an Indian under the Indian Act nor a permanent resident a corporation that is incorporated otherwise than under the laws of Canada or any province a corporation incorporated here in Canada or any province but if they're controlled by a non-resident or any prescribed person or entity which the regulations are still coming out with in terms of what that means. But to provide a a simple explanation, if you are a non-resident, if you are not a citizen, or if you're a corporation controlled by a non-resident, it's going to apply.
0: Okay. Okay. So in a very simple way, I would say a Canadian passport holder living anywhere else in the world other than Canada is allowed to buy a real estate in Canada.
2: That's correct.
0: Perfect. So, you know, that that helps in more um, more clarity in that way. um, I'll tell
2: you on our end, because there's a duty on all stakeholders, whether realtors, lawyers, lenders, everyone has to make sure they're not assisting help a a non-Canadian purchase real estate. We all have a duty. And our office, what we're looking for to make sure a buyer is capable of purchasing we're looking for either a passport a pr card or a citizenship card and if we have valid documentation to support that then we understand the buyer to be canadian and that they're not subject to the ban
0: excellent and what is the penalty if by mistake somebody overlooks it
2: rajiv for you and i
0: the penalty would be up to $10,000.
2: Wow. There's a penalty of 10,000 for any third party, such as lawyers and realtors who Mm -hmm. knowingly assist the contravention of the act.
1: We're going to start prospecting at the
0: airport. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. So uh, I think um, this is very great insight information which will help people understand when they listen to this and they can, you know, always replay their recording. Um, and one uh, before we let you go, any recommendation as to if anybody has to reach out to you or your firm, how they can reach out? And uh, is there a number website?
2: Yes, you can reach out to me directly. My email is eshapiro at garyshapirolaw.com. Gary with two R's, or you can call our firm at 416-224-0808, and my extension is 249.
0: Lovely. And where are you located?
2: um, We are located at Bayview and Shepherd in North York. Albeit these days, we're everywhere. We're virtual. We can work on real estate transactions anywhere in the province of Ontario.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I am 100% aware that you are able to, your firm is able to provide virtual services as well for obvious reasons due to COVID, which has opened up so many industries to work virtually and signatures and all. I think you are one of them who who followed every step as needed, as you have done to help uh, to some of our clients and many of our clients. Um, Any other suggestions uh, from your side? Well,
2: uh, there's just a few more things I'd like to add about the foreign buyer ban. Of course, you give a lawyer an opportunity to speak, and I'll take every minute that's provided. Um, There's a few exemptions to the ban that I think are important to know. One is a spousal exemption. So if there's one individual who's Canadian and one who's a non-Canadian, then there is an exemption. The other one is related to student visas and work permits. There are exemptions, but the requirements are very tough. It's very different than we saw with the non-resident speculation tax and the tests there for those exemptions. They're very different. Students on visas or individuals with work permits actually have to have resided in Canada for a number of years before they would qualify. So there's very strict criteria for those exemptions.
0: Beautiful. That's excellent. Now we can um, open another uh, business here. We can open a matrimonial uh, advertisement. (laughs) Applying Canadian citizenship, you know, marriage here.
2: You didn't hear it from
0: me, but it's a a great
2: way uh, to avoid the tax.
0: (laughs) Well, there are always ways. But again, I know Canadian government and law system is very... um, very good, which filters and catches all the wrong things in the market. And uh, that's why we love Canada. Uh, we are grateful to be part of this country. And um, Evan, thank you very much for your time. And we look forward to speaking with you uh, down the line on other topics.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you, Evan. Have a wonderful day. Bye bye. You too. Bye-bye.
0: TR Talks is hosted by members of Team Rajpal with RE/MAX. Rajiv Rajpal and Xerxes Barucha are brokers. Gita Rajpal and Nicholas Ip are sales representatives, all registered with the Toronto Regional Real Estate Board, Real Estate Council of Ontario, and Canadian Real Estate Association. This podcast is for informational purposes only and not for financial or investment advice. Please do your own due diligence.